Hello, my name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome to Zen Parenting Radio. We have a power-packed, punch-full of show. Punchiness. This is going to be the best show ever. Uh-huh. Um, because I have a lot of different things to talk about. I know. And what's up with you like taking all these notes? And I said, well, I don't have Don't anything. worry about it. I got it. And you said, don't worry, we're starting. As yes. if I, you were going like, to catch me off guard. We're going to talk about ADHD. Okay. And some options in case you think... I don't even know what the difference is between ADD and ADHD. Don't answer the question. Oh, okay. Do you know the difference? Yes. Okay, good. I know it's like one word, but right. is there anything more than that? There's got to be more difference than that single word. The definition of the word. Yes. So yeah, that's what I need your help with. Okay. We're going to talk about something that happened to me this weekend. I was refing in that tournament again, and every time refing in that tournament again in the basketball tournament. Basketball you did tournament it last year. Three too. on three for cancer. My friend Rick Williams is an awesome guy. He started this basketball tournament to raise money for cancer, and after every year, I have a story. I have another story mm-hmm. about bullies, but mm. not the bullies that you're used to hearing about. Okay. Which is the mean bully in the locker room beating up on another kid. Okay. This was a bully about a dad. This, a, was, this bully was a dad. A dad bully. A dad bully. Yeah, they're, they're out there. Uh, I got a lot to like say about that. Like the Rutgers coach. Yes, we're going to talk about that too. Oh. Um, I'm going to do an... You, we are having power-packed punch because... I'm going to do an update on the tournament of bad about okay. all the cows that I can't figure out why they don't have horns. Why don't you just do that one right now? This person, her, I, I don't know the pronunciation, but it's S-A-T-P-A-L, Satpal okay. or Satpal. She finally gave me an answer regarding why all the cows that we drive past don't have horns. Because everybody's given me these wishy-washy answers. Okay. Because my, my question is, where are all the male cows? Right. And they're not called male cows, they're bulls. Okay, whatever. Call them whatever you want. Where are all the male entities over there? Okay. And finally, she told me, and I don't know where she got this, but she says, all bulls do not have horns. Right. Everybody's told me that all the male bulls have horns. Who's everybody? Everybody that listens to the show. Everybody that I've been talking to. Oh, that's to been there. For la- that's what yeah, if, okay. it, that by definition. But she says, lots of livestock are dehorned through selective breeding. So maybe we're seeing those bulls all the time and you just don't know it's a bull. Exactly. Okay. It's taken me years to get an answer. And I don't even know if she's right, but I'm going with it. Well, high five. So we'll put that one to bed. Okay. And then we also had an argument this morning. Yes. That started yesterday, but it filled into this morning about, well, we'll talk. We'll Would you call for, it an argument? Oh, it was heated. No, it wasn't. So first I want to talk about our first partner, Helping Hands Maid Services. Um, they can be found at helpinghandsmaidservices.com, 630-530-1324. They clean our house once a month. They do an amazing job. Mentions Zen Parenting, 25 bucks off. They do carpet cleaning and deodorizing also. Do you know why we're going to – they're coming back in a week or two, and you know why we need them more than ever? Why? Because I have hay all over my house. Hay now. You want to know why I have hay all over my house? Because of the G-Man. Because of little G, our rabbit. Little Greeley. His name is Greeley. So, and actually, they do deodorizing for pets. I didn't. Do they e- really? I didn't even know that. Well, I'm trying to keep windows open because it's new for me to have a pet. But there's a lot of hay in my house. So six three zero five three zero one three two four mentions and parenting, you get uh, a discount. All right. All right. ADHD. Okay. Once again, I was listening to Brian Williams last week. You love Brian Williams. I do love Brian. I, you you might, have a male crush on. You Brian might even Williams. go as far as saying <laughs> I have a male crush on Brian Williams. He's okay. just a nice, friendly polite guy and you have a real crush on his daughter oh forget about it <laughs> um she's on girls yes 
she's one of the more attractive ones on that show. They're all attractive. Are you all um, settled in? Yeah, I just needed to sit Indian style. I know. I can't sit Indian style. I am aware. Um, so they're, whatever, maybe it was a light news day, but they talked about ADHD. Okay. And how it's kind of going out of control. Okay. So I wrote down these stats when I listened to the podcast, and these are the stats. 6.4 million children between the ages of 4 and 17 have been diagnosed with ADHD. And two-thirds of those 6.4 million children get prescriptions. Two-thirds? Two-thirds. That's what they said. I don't know if it's right, but NBC Nightly News. That's where I, That's my resource. And they and the drug companies did $9 billion worth of drugs in sales last year Whew. for ADHD. So for just I, ADHD alone. That's what they said. That Yeesh. was what the story was about. It sounds like that's a big number. Nine billion. That's mm-hmm. a lot of zeros. Mm-hmm. So even whatever, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So when I brought this up to you, you started talking about what are first of all, there are cases where drugs are needed. Right. And I think where you and I come in from is that have you tried everything else before you start popping pills? Well, here's the thing. You you gave me that statistic, and the first thing that comes into my mind is I don't believe that every child who's diagnosed with ADHD actually has ADHD. Now, when I say that, I don't mean to be disparaging to you if you have gotten that diagnosis. I'm not, cri- I'm not criticizing parents when I say that. I think it's an over-diagnosed diagnosis. I agree with you. Um, and I think that a lot of times it's diagnosed by medical doctors, pediatricians, rather than psychiatrists or psychologists or social workers. And I and they're following the guidelines that are in the DSM-4, which is the diagnostic uh, statistical manual that we use to diagnose clients. So I, there, but it's, there's so many other reasons why a child can be distracted and why a child can be, so you were asking the question ADD, attention deficit disorder, mm-hmm. attention deficit hyperactivity disorder okay, is what's ADHD. The well, it's uh, ADD is it's the inattention mm-hmm. that's the big issue. In ADHD, it's inattention plus hyperactivity. Not able to control their body yeah. or whatever. So it's it's not only can they not be attentive, but they're all over the place. Right. There are. I worked at Children's Memorial a long time. I've seen a lot of children with ADHD, and I've seen and I I don't know if you I know I've said this to you since then, but I used to say. Sometimes you could almost see a child and know that that was going to be without, their diagnosis. Without witnessing his behavior or her behavior? Well, no. You're watching them, but they almost... It, you started to... I guess it's just if you work with kids long enough, you start to recognize things really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also worked with a lot of kids who would come in with a diagnosis of ADAD or ADHD. Um, and after changing things like not using technology every day, changing diet... Um, concentrating on the stress that was going on in their home, focusing on more downtime, the child was able to attend a lot better and their levels of hyperact- uh, hyperactivity were much lower. So it, they didn't need to be medicated to shift their behavior. It wasn't the chemical imbalance that we're looking for or it was something that could be worked through with with changing their daily experience. Right. I think what's unfortunate is that a lot of parents now, some, should I say a lot? I don't know. Yes, you Many can say parents, a lot. It doesn't mean the majority, but there are millions of parents, because there's right. millions of parents out there that... Well, that want to fix it quickly. Yes, quick fix. And they want, they go... Without to, working. They go to a doctor and say, fix this for me. Here's the symptoms. They don't listen to me. 
They they're running around all the time. They yell at they're me. disrespectful. Well, then you start to get into things like oppositional defiant disorder and you know conduct disorder. Like you can if you really start to get into you could label anything. Yeah, it, it gets it it gets different. And so obvi- sometimes we, we want a quick fix, and the quick fix is the medication. Mm-hmm. For some kids, just like you said at the beginning, it is necessary. We know some kids who have needed medication Mm -hmm. and who have benefited from it. Mm -hmm. So this is not a blanket statement. But the statistics that you just read, the, the problem with this is we have a lot of children who may be able to deal with those issues in different ways who are receiving medication instead, who then are growing up medicated. Right. And we have no idea how that's going to affect them in the long term. We don't know how it's going to affect their brain. Right. It's kind of like the NFL concussion things. Like yeah. they're just finally coming yeah. around on on the realization that this might be really, really bad. I, I think the only way to study this is if you study it for decades. Yeah. And I don't know how long kids have been taking these drugs like Ritalin. Is Ritalin one of the drugs? That, it's, or is a, that, it's not as common. It's pretty old school. There's there's now <clears throat> medications that last for 24 hours or, you know, that you only have to take one a day rather than three times a day. Well, it's funny. I'm just trying to think. Like, we had a friend. I'll try to keep it anonymous. Um, a, a younger child. And when he wasn't on medication... He was just so jovial and so full of life. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the kid on meds, and he was a different person. Yes. And he was, I don't know, what's the, what's the adjective I'm looking for? Shut uh, down? He, we called it like a blunt affect. It was like a blanket or a over the top affect. of him. Yeah. And it like made me so sad. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, we don't know the long-term effects. And you rattled off a few things that you could do because we want to be a resource for parents. So I can't tell what other parents... To do, but all I can say is this: is if this happened to us, we would go to step A, B, C, and D before we went to E, which is pills. Right. You to, and and this is what we talk about in the show a lot: is when something's going on with your kid, um, you, you got to start with looking at what's going on with you and what's going on in your home, not to blame and feel guilty, but to say, okay, what can I literally control? Because I can't control my child right now, but there Mm -hmm. are certain things that are under my control. What are they doing in the day? What is expected of them? What am I doing? Where, where is their time consumed? Is there stress in the home? Are they experiencing things that they shouldn't Mm -hmm. as a child? Meaning are they experiencing a lot of adult drama? Um, What are they eating? How much sleep are they getting? How much technology are they getting a day? Because every single thing I just said affects their ability to attend. And when I say attend, that means attention. Attend and also affects their behavior and their hyperactivity levels. But if we just go to a doctor and say, say all those things are happening and we just go to a doctor and say, my child is inattentive, they don't listen to me and they seem hyperactive, ooh, ADHD. And again, I'm being flippant. Mm -hmm. I don't really think it's that quickly. Sometimes it is. Well, I hope not, but I... I guess I just, like Todd said, I think there's just a lot of things that we can practice doing. Like when I was at Children's, one of the things that we would do when children would come in with those kind of symptoms, either with or without the diagnosis yet, is we would recommend or suggest no technology for a week or two. Just really limit it, um, get them away from screens, you know, just really slow that, that part of their life down where they're having to utilize their imagination more. They are getting more sleep. Their brain is more restful. And it always made an impact. I'm not going to say it took away every symptom, but even in that short period of time, we saw a change. Mm-hmm. So that right there tells you a lot. Well, and I'm not even saying that it's going to fix anything, but why wouldn't you try that first? 
before you and I'm so jaded against pills like when I get a headache I rarely take Tylenol like I just don't like pills and I know that I'm in the minority of you know most people where Mm -hmm. pills aren't such a bad thing I think I demonize it worse than it deserves you you might be out of balance yeah I might be out of balance Mm -hmm. the other way but having said that I just feel like I would try anything other than giving this kid a pill to affect his brain. Well, and I think your point is well taken about, you know, we know a lot of children who, like you said, they are given the medication and then they do become less hyperactive, but their affect is kind of not, they, like, they don't have affect. They, you'd, like, have no idea how they're feeling because mm-hmm. they seem kind of numbed out or they seem kind of, you know, again, like, just blunt, middle mm-hmm. of the line. And that's not really who they are. Yes. You know, like, that's that's... Uh, that's drugging them, you know, to, and some kids need that to attend maybe in a certain setting because of who they are and they've gone through all those other things and they need it. But it, it's, it's difficult to watch. And you know what? It's so unfortunate that you still haven't watched Garden State with me because mm-hmm. that's exactly what this movie is about. Mm. For those of you who have seen Garden State with Zach Braff, he is a kid who I'm not going to tell you what ended up happening because it's kind of a big part of the movie, but he went through a trauma when he was really young. His dad was a psychiatrist, and his dad felt that he didn't want him to have to deal with it, the big trauma, so he medicated him and put him on all these medications Mm. so he wouldn't have to feel. Mm. Again, the dad, in some ways, was doing it out of love, right? You know, like, oh, my child, I just don't want them to hurt. But he grew up. And he is completely numb to life. He can't feel anything. And so, as you've heard on this show, we talk about the fact that if you can't feel the sadness and the pain, you can't feel the joy and the, you know, the exhilaration. Right. You need the full spectrum spectrum of emotions. You don't get one without the other. You have to be able to feel it all. And uh, so, it's about the process of him feeling again. Well, the most interesting thing of what you just said is that his dad did it out of love. Yes. And I think that's important to repeat because... Uh, it's easy for maybe somebody to misconstrue what I'm saying as being judgmental. I know 99% of the parents are doing what they think is best. best. Right. No one's trying to intentionally harm their child. Because if they see that their kid can't settle down in class, they want their kid to be able to learn. So they want to do the quickest, fastest thing to be able to do it. But sometimes it takes more work to see if there's another way of doing it. Because to your point, you know, if you start medicating these, this kid when it's 5 or 10 or 12 it's eventually they're going to have to learn how to be without these meds or they're they're going to have meds for the rest of their life. And And that's such a scary thing to me. And it's that label, you know, where it's like, well, I'm ADHD. That's why I do this. And then it becomes becomes the excuse. And it becomes their identity. And and this is who I am. And the thing is, is that can be worked with too. Um, But I want to talk about your point of the education because Mm -hmm. oftentimes parents are given the indicate, they are given kind of a push to medicate their child often from the teacher. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how often that happens anymore, but we used to experience that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that um, you know that can be a problem if you feel like you are getting what's the word pressured right. from outside right. you know sources to to medicate because the teacher's challenged with your right. child. Well, and this plays into. Um, the whole idea of a chiropractor and there's many resources out there that don't that are into popping pills but of course if you go to your doctor doctors this is going to come out bad so i'm going to admit that right now their job is to fix this quickly right and the fastest way to fix something is to give somebody a pill or to have surgery not really regarding the long-term effect of what that decision might be Mm -hmm. so i guess i'm saying for parents who go to the doctor say well i 
I didn't know what to do, so I went to the doctor, and he prescribed this for me, so I have to do what the doctor says. There are other places you can go for help. Mm-hmm. One is this radio show. We're giving some different ideas. One is a nutritionist, a chiropractor who is not into... Well, and can I want to back up. Sure. We are a radio show. We are giving ideas. We ideas. are not the ones who are prescribing We are a do. resource. We're not experts of okay. anything. So I'm, I'm okay with the disclaimer that you're okay. trying to make sure. Yeah. We are simply throwing ideas right. back and forth. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of different places other than a medical doctor that you can go mm-hmm. to. Absolutely. That's all. Well, nutritionist, naturopath, like you said, chiropractor, um, some, you know, educational support. Like going, if, if a teacher's coming to you and saying, here's the problem and you don't want to medicate, there are other things that can be done within right. the school. There are, and, but this takes, like you said, this takes legwork mm-hmm. and it takes research and it takes patience. patience and you don't need to get into the blaming and this is why and I feel guilty and they should be doing this just try some mm-hmm. different things and the thing is is like we said there is a percentage out there of kids who that may be where it all you know mm-hmm. that's maybe what's going to be necessary but when you st- say those stats there is no way mm-hmm. that everything well, has been tried with rewind kids. 50 years was mm-hmm. was any kid on adhd right that's w- the were thing. they i mean i don't know well if they were it was a few I, yeah. So it, somehow we managed to get by. Right. Crazy. How did that happen? Right. Because you just deal with it and you figure out other ways of doing it without a precious little white pill. Well, and I think a lot of things are different. I think our technology is different. I think our education system is different. I think our, our family support systems are different. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things that have changed. But that doesn't mean that the solutions are, are absolutely um, out of our reach. Right. You know, like there's still things we can do. And I, unfortunately, even though it's not the only thing, the technology, our technology-based environment at home and at school and everywhere we go is contributing to this issue. Well, and I'm guessing that there's probably some parents that are listening to this who have a kid and say, you guys, you don't have any clue what you're talking about simply because I've tried all that and none of it works. And I just want to reinforce what we said earlier there are times when you have to pop a pill but all i'm saying is do everything else first before you do that give everything else a try give everything else a try. or at least look around ask around and so speaking and know that you're not alone speaking of chiropractors okay um our favorite chiropractor dr kelly from the tree of life um she is hosting a workshop on april 16th about ear infections and antibiotics the relationship between what the chiropractor can do. Interesting. So it's like medication again. Right. Yeah. 10 a.m. April 16th. Seats are limited. Call Dr. Kelly, 630-941-8733, chirotree.com. Great. All right. You ready for our second subject matter? Sure. This weekend, I was doing the roughing of the basketball tournament, and I might need you to help me with the story, but I was basically roughing. And there is one of my friend's sons was playing in the game, okay? And he is a admittedly emotional, young, determined man. Okay. And he's like, I don't know how old he is. He's like 11, but he's a big dude. He's like my size. Okay. And behind me was where the parents were sitting. Okay. And in the beginning of the game, um, I heard this dad t- engaging with this boy his i don't want to say his name and i thought he was like the dad of the same team like i thought they knew each other okay and when i say he was engaging me he was saying quit whining just go back just play the game play the game and i thought like well maybe this is his coach and he's just like an overbearing coach or whatever mm-hmm. as the game progressed i realized that this was the father on another team 
and the this was the father on another team. On, on the team he was playing. So, so he was a dad of someone who one was of on his the other opponents. team. Okay. okay. Do you know who he was a dad of? No, I don't. Oh, I have no boy. idea. I bet that little boy wasn't so. Happy. But the the engagement got worse and worse as the game went on. Okay. And um and like I said, this is so after the game was over, they kind of needed to be separated. Like this eleven year old kid, not like they were they were walking towards one another as if they were about to get into a fist fight. Like this forty some odd year old dad who was really verbally in the end. I realized I want to say verbally abusing, but you came up with the best word. This dad was bullying this 11-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And um, so I said, well, what is my responsibility here? I mean, I tried to talk to the kid. I'm like, you won the game. Don't sweat it. Just walk away. It's not worth it. After I said it, said that to that boy, I turned around and I walked over to the dad. And I said, listen, you're the adult here. Act like an adult. And he had no regard into anything I was saying. Mm-hmm. He was, He still was engaging this 11-year-old kid and saying... You know, he was like, it was like they were the same age. Mm-hmm. Well, they were. They, and it's funny. <laughs> I, I asked the guy to act like an adult when I now realize he was not no. an adult. In, he's, he's still stuck there. He is still stuck there. So, um, you know, long story short, I said, what is my responsibility? Because this is my, my buddy's son. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to go tell him. So before I even had a chance, because my buddy's son was playing on the opposite side of the court. It was like 10 games going on at the same mm-hmm. time. So before I had a chance, his his son said, Dad, this guy's bullying me. Mm-hmm. So my buddy kind of challenged him. Turned out cooler heads ended up prevailing. But I felt really, um, as you know, because I've told the story like five times, yes. <laughs> really I should have done something more. Mm-hmm. And I should have stopped the game and said, we're not going to continue this game until all parents cease engaging with players. And I'm kind of beating myself up for it. So that's the one thing I wanted to say is, I know I can't go back in time, but it's one of those things where you kind of wish you had that Mm -hmm. moment back. I know. I know what you mean. And maybe if I would have known it was going to escalate the way it did, because it ended up that two dads almost got into fisticuffs, I should have... What is a fisticuffs? Fisticuffs is when you beat each other up or you try to beat each other. What does fisticuffs mean? For everybody else other than Kathy knows what I'm talking about. But what is fisticuffs? Fisticuffs. Is that a word? That's a phrase or it's a word, but it basically... Spell it. Fist? You don't spell it, son. You eat it. (laughs) Fisticuffs. Okay, we'll have to work I understand on it. fist. What's a cuffs? I have no idea. It's a phrase. What's okay? Why do we say okay? We just say okay. It means uh, it's okay. Okay. I don't I don't think you can categorize okay with fisticuffs. I think you're the exact same word. Okay. Because See? I'm thinking okay. fist too. Because fist is what you fight with. So homework for Zen Parenting Radio listeners okay. is where did the term fisticuffs yeah, come from? Yeah, I've never heard that. Okay, so they almost fought. So they almost fought. Cooler heads prevailed. So I wish I could have gone back in time and um, helped this kid deal with this bully. And, um, oh, and then the other thing I want to say is I wanted to call the... I was just so enraged at this dad. Yeah. Because it was so inappropriate. And if you would have listened to this dad, you would have gotten as mad as I would as okay. I was. And it's funny because I really wanted to harm this guy. Hmm. Like my ego got in my judgment. It came flowing. I'm like, this guy's the biggest tool and I just want him to be in pain. Quite honestly, that Mm -hmm. was my ego talking. (laughs) My heart felt centered after I was calm. This guy ended at some point learned this behavior. Right. You know, he was probably bullied by his dad or somebody else. Of course. So um, it's just my two sides of my brain or my brain versus my heart. Like I wanted this guy to feel pain because he Mm -hmm. was such an idiot and a jerk. Right. Whereas the heart 
part of me said this guy got hurt at some point along the path and it's just the dichotomy between you know ego and heart mm-hmm. or what's what because it's just so easy to hate this guy but what's the mm-hmm. harder thing the harder mm-hmm. thing is to show him love and i wasn't able to show him any love well and again let's let's break that down for people showing him love just means that you don't respond from the angry place that's mm-hmm. all that means like when we you know sometimes when we say things like that it sounds so like floaty and you know fairy like the truth is is showing love means having the experience of wanting like you said you're saying you wanted to have him feel pain or that you were really angry and your ego was involved recognizing that and responding from a different place where when you do talk to him or if you would have been able to engage him longer right. to say hey man you know i whatever's going on let's not do this right. leave before anything happens instead of going at him the same way he's going at everybody else because that's what we do in our world is when someone's being negative we think we're gonna beat them down by being more negative right if someone's being a jerk we beat them down by being more of a jerk and that doesn't make any sense right i hear you and so anyways that was my story from the weekend and i wish i would have gotten that well, yeah, but you you know, you know learned something and maybe it wasn't supposed to be any other way. I mean, sometimes we say, because maybe it's your ego saying, I should have solved this problem. And the truth was, it all went into place as it should have. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was something that the dads were supposed to talk through. Well, and I haven't, uh, I'm kind of haven't been watching Sports Center lately, but what my buddy was saying is like, this is Rutgers all over again. I and said that. No, well, my oh. buddy said it first and I didn't know what he's talking about. And then you told me about yeah. it. And for... Those of us who were ignorant on the Rutgers thing, will you summarize what happened there? Sure. Just the coach, the head coach at Rutgers, there was a tape, basketball, or basketball coach that he, a tape was leaked that he was physically, emotionally, verbally abusing his players. And they, I saw the video. I mean, he was pulling them by the neck and he was calling them things that I don't really need to say, but very disparaging things to break them down. Kind of like a Bobby Knight style guy? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And, um, but you know, even on the court, like they were showing things that was on, that was on and, TV. In daylight, right. Yeah, and he would like kind of yank him around and push him around. And there was one guy that they were focusing on, uh, one of his Lithuanian players, that he was just awful to him. And even when he was doing well, he wouldn't even let him have that. He just broke him down, and the kid ended up leaving after two years and went mm-hmm. to a different school. This The Rutgers coach has since resigned. Mm-hmm. But I think that it was funny because I saw a thing. What's that dude on Hannity? Mm-hmm. Hannity and whoever he was talking with they were defending this and saying why this was a good thing and he was saying Hannity was saying why um you know this old kind this old school kind of discipline worked for him and he's okay and his dad always spanked him and it worked fine and why everybody needs to be so up in arms about it and he said you know maybe it was taken a little too far but for the most part he's just trying to really school his you know it was ridiculous and that's the thing i the old the saying of well i got spanked and hit and i'm okay what does that mean you're okay i mean yeah you're here and everything you're alive you're alive but do you really feel like you come from things at a loving place do you really feel like that that kind of pain helped you be a better person mm-hmm. or did it just make you more afraid? That's my question. Well, and that takes some introspection that I think a lot of people don't even consider. Right. 
Because they the don't is, even know that there's any other way of going about it. How about saying, my parents spanked me and I still love them and I forgive them, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Meaning, my parents spanked me and I'm not going to say that I had the most awful childhood. I learned a lot. I love my parents. But I now can see that there are other ways to treat a human being. And right. that by physically abusing them mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that's really not the best way to help them grow up to be fully engaged, wholehearted people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like that's a very... And again, I'm simplifying, but I just it drives me crazy when people say, "Well, I got spanked and I'm okay." Have we done a full podcast on spanking? Yes, yet? we have. Okay, yes, we have. And I'm not about to get into. Todd it likes again. to go into uh, controversial topics. Um, I think they're interesting. I do too. And you know what? I what's next on our list? Because I did want to mention something. Your retreat. Oh, yeah. I do want to mention my retreat. Um, I'm doing a retreat, everybody, talking about... Virtual retreat. It's a virtual retreat. I've done these before. This is... I've done several, and I've gotten really wonderful feedback from people who have done the retreat about how to make it better. And I've implemented these things and kept things that people loved and made it longer. And you doesn't matter where you live. You don't have to be a Chicagoan. It's all done online. It's all done through email and the internet. Todd and I do extras on parenting shows that are not available for the public. Mm -hmm. They're only available for people doing this retreat. And we do them like... I think we're going to do them every other day. Okay. And, and they're how good. Long, how long is the retreat? Um, it's two weeks, in, excluding the weekend. So it'll be April 29th through May 10th, which, which is a Friday. That Sunday happens to be Mother's Day. So for you mothers out there, this is a great, a great gift to get yourself, or it's a great gift to ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's called the Beauty of Now Spring Retreat, and it's all about noticing the beauty in the present moment and how things are actually working and how we can shift our focus to the beauty that's all around us rather than focusing on the negativity that's often imposed on us. And, um, you know, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to schedule anything. You don't have to change anything. You just implement these things into your day. And I think you will have a lot more smiles and daily joy. And then you will spread that feeling to your children, your significant other, and everybody around you. And there'll be lots of ripple effects through the world. What, what are the dates? April 29th, which is a Monday. And it goes through May 10th, which is a Friday. But that weekend in between, there's a break. Meaning, mm-hmm. it, and, and you're just getting emails from me and you're, we're having fun with it. And I'm asking you to try things and do things. And it's totally up to you. Right. But I think I'm going to try and engage more with getting more feedback on it. Meaning, I think it's going to be more connected and right. lovely. And um, um, Anyway, I say sign up, baby. And possibly 10 extra. And for the Zen parenting part of it, uh-huh. our, pot, you know, our radio thing, we do, um, what, a five or 10 minute Yeah, clip. we do about 10. It always ends up being like 10 or 15. So that's all. If you like Zen parenting radio, this is a good vehicle to listen Get to more. more. And we focus on whatever the topic is of the day. So not only are you getting information from me about here's what to focus on, but you and I will talk about it. And it just gives you kind of a more full vision of what how you can experience beauty that day. The beauty of now. The beauty of now, spring retreat. Okay, check that off the list. Sign up um, online. Sign up on, oh, how do they sign up? Well, it's posted on our Facebook page, but you can also go to kathycadams.com and it's on my homepage. You just click on it and you register there. It's easy. Okay. Um, we, so at this basketball tournament, um, my friend John showed up and JC was helping me, my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, JC, and... John said, hi, JC, how are you? And she did kind of a, in my opinion, a, she doesn't yet. A half-ass hello? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Like, I want, and, you know, my ego might be. Did you hear what you said? I want, (laughs) I want her to say things the way I want her to say Here's the deal. I want to train her, for lack of a better term. Your words are awful. You're awful. (laughs) 
Look the person in the eye. How about teach? Train teach. is like a dog. Okay, teach her. Okay. Look her in the look this person in the eye. Now this isn't stranger danger walking up the street. This is a known friend of dad's. Mm-hmm. Say hello, make mm-hmm. eye eye contact, and shake hands with a firm grip. Okay. That was what I was trying to encourage Jason to do after not not in the not while it's going on, but afterwards later that day mm-hmm. it was just she and I. I'm like, listen, Jason, if if one of my friends introduces themselves to you, this is the proper way of receiving that introduction and how to you know get it you know throw it back mm-hmm. and you said what i said i was like that's ridiculous no you're ridiculous no i'm not ridiculous i think that by telling her teaching her training her to say things the way you think she should say them it goes against everything we talk about but on this don't show. you think that there's some societal norms of shaking somebody's hand i don't think that I shake everyone's hand when I meet someone. So if my friend John said hi and he put his hand out to you, you wouldn't shake it back? Well, if he put his hand out. That's what he did. She's 10. I know. So my question is, at what age can I teach but her see, to here, do this? You missed a very important part. You said to me, when I introduce you, this, excuse me, you said to JC, when I introduce you to one of my friends, you extend your hand and say, hi, I'm mm-hmm. JC. Mm-hmm. I was like, What? Why should she have to... Now, when I say that, everybody, I'm not saying she should turn her back and run away and pretend she didn't see him. But my question to her is, what way would you feel comfortable meeting someone? Right. Looking them in the eye, I'm all about it. Saying, hello, with with open eyes, I'm all about it. But telling her that there's one way to introduce yourself to someone is very robotic to me, and it's inauthentic. So how do I give teach her the non-robotic way, while at the same time teaching her about some societal norms. I think that if, and I don't know if you will say this is true or not, but that experience that you had with your friend John somehow triggered you. Mm-hmm. That I'm being completely honest. I think you felt uncomfortable in that moment because your daughter didn't shake his hand. Agreed. Okay, so then what you think you need to do is teach her how to do it differently so you don't have to feel that way ever again. Okay, I'm still in agreement. Okay. But it's still good for her to understand that. (laughs) Seriously. Okay. You're not buying it? I think that it is is important to say that experience that I had with you... It was kind of uncomfortable to me mm-hmm. because when he extended his hand, it, it, it's, it's a courtesy mm-hmm. to shake their hand. What way would you have felt comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, saying hello to him? You gotta, you've got give to give her space. Give to- her space and acknowledge that it's about you. And when you start to throw things out, like, well, societal norms, and it's time that she knows. No, you got triggered by that. Now that that trigger could be an indicator that. Hey, you know, maybe we do talk about this because, you know, when you were five or six, I laid off. And that's kind of where I was going. But you, but here's, yes. And and so instead of saying, but yeah, but yeah, which is annoying. I've done that three times. What I will say is, yes, you're open-minded to, okay, there's a different way. But the first thing before you do anything is acknowledge it's about you. Because you were kind of coming at her. So you think I should say to JC, listen, sorry for not taking the best approach to teaching you this because I got uncomfortable or to her. You don't even have, what I'm saying is if you are making, it's not like you have to apologize to her for feeling uncomfortable, but if you're going to say to her, I want to teach you some new things, be honest about why you want to do that. Because in that situation, I felt like you didn't have maybe all the information and I felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I want to give you some other tips of ways that you can say hello 
And she may say, oh, I don't want to do that. Because she said to you, I don't want to shake everybody's hand. And you were kind of like, well, that's what you do. And I'm standing there going, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do in business situations and such. But she's 10. And those kind of things will come. So, and I know you're not going to be happy with what I'm about to say. Okay. But at what point, like, what is the magic age? There is no magic age. The the question, hi, JC. Are you listening to our conversation? Um, (laughs) It's not, uh, it's not the... It's, it's got nothing to do with age. It's about having a conversation about it and asking her opinion and explaining why it's time to maybe take it up a notch in that, do you think that you could make eye contact or it would be kind if you at least you know said hello or what would feel right to you? It's okay to say it's time to take it up a notch from being a shy five-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, I'm noticing that you, you know now that you're 10, there, there's even a more mature way of saying hello, what do you think? You know, let's in, let's engage in a conversation rather than I'm going to train you how to do it the way that would make me comfortable. Right. Do you feel the difference between those things? There is definitely a difference. Yeah. All I'm saying is, I guess I need help in because you this. you know this um, as well as I do that there isn't a certain age. There is like a there's a time when you realize, okay, um, you know. They don't seem to be, you know, like you being triggered could be a good indicator that there does need to be a conversation. Right. But not the reason why you have to be aware of how you felt is if you're not aware, then you come at her with rules and regulations and how things are done. And and I probably didn't handle it the best. Right. But I still feel like we needed to move in that direction. Sure. And so, you know, pretend all that stuff didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pretend. If you came to me and said, you know what, I felt really uncomfortable because she didn't seem to, you know, acknowledge my friend or whatever. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I want to talk and, to her about maybe boosting up her ability to talk and, to And people. I'm going to admit that it was probably more about me than I was originally yeah. willing to admit. But I also think it's like a dad, ego, macho thing that maybe I was brought up with. Like, I don't know what it is. But I just wonder if more dads were were kind of on my side and more moms were on your side. Well, and do we have to take sides or can we see that? Because, yeah, in history or in a more, let's see, not history, in a gender-based way, maybe there is a way in business mm-hmm. that we we do extend a hand and say hello and make it a firm handshake. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with talking about those things and teaching those things. But when you impose them and say, this is the way you have to do it, you take their personality and you take you what you take out of the situation is how they're feeling mm-hmm. because i say hello and nod my head to plenty of people without shaking their hand and i shake hands with plenty of people and i think a lot of that comes very naturally and authentically mm-hmm. if you respect people right. and if so i i'm i know this is hard because then people say well then what do i do you know everyone wants this like absolute answer Back up a little further, like pull that lens back a little bit and look at the big picture. What do we want our kids to understand? We want to understand, we want them to understand to respect other people and we want them to understand to respect what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So there's, that's why when we come to them with something like this, we talk to them about it and how they're feeling about what, are you listening to me? I'm looking for my pen. for stuff. Sorry. Did I lose your attention? Yes. Okay. So uh, maybe I'm done. I feel like I'm being repetitious. You're not yeah. wrong. It's just, I think... Let's just end there. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last thing I'll say about it. It's been said, I've said it two other times, but the mo- you know when we talked last week on the show about the most important thing is self-awareness? Mm-hmm. 
you have to embrace why mm-hmm. this is so important to you. When you start to throw out things to me, it's kind of like the whole spiritual partnership we're mm-hmm. watching. I'm a, I'm a mirror for you. You're a mirror for me. Right. When you were saying that to JC, I'm going to train you how to do this. I knew it had nothing to do with her. It was your discomfort in her not acknowledging your friend mm-hmm. in a way that you could be like, hey, look at how my daughter knows how to handshake. And I'm There's sure a- that that was a part of it. But I think that there was other, some very benevolent parts of it too, saying it's my job to make sure that she has an understanding of certain things in this world. Okay. This is a small thing. Okay. I would like to teach her this small thing. Beautiful. And so then what happens is you have that experience. You realize you're triggered. You realize that it's an indicator to you that, hey, maybe maybe I want to talk to her about some more skills. Mm-hmm. And then you have a conversation mm-hmm. about it and engage her rather than train yeah, her. Yeah, I, I probably could have handled that part of it a little bit better. Um and I, what I keep thinking about is the um, that there's a picture. I don't know where I saw it, but you know you have that you have a circle, and then you have comfort zone, and then outside of the comfort zone is when you kind of have growth. Right. So this may be completely wrong, but I feel like sometimes you need to kind of get pushed a little bit outside of your comfort zone this for is, growth. This is jumping, being pushed in the pool all over again. It's the same thing. But I feel like that there's the push in the pool example that we always give. But there are also other times when you can encourage saying this is that little nudge to get outside your comfort zone. But I'm zone. in full agreement of that. What I'm saying is engaging her in a conversation is saying, you know, she just turned 10 a week ago. You're 10 now. So when you talk to adults, there's kind of this level mm-hmm. where, you know, you're growing up now. There's this level of, you know being a more mature person in those kind of conversations and then starting that conversation, but not saying this is how you do it. Right. So it's not what I was doing. It's how I went about it. It's how you went about it and why. Mm -hmm. And it's, and there's nothing, the why part, you can acknowledge the fact that you were triggered by it and still go to her to make a shift. Mm -hmm. But if you go to her without acknowledging your own issues, then you end up going at her kind of annoyed rather than, Hmm, that was interesting. Hmm, that kind of bothered me. I don't think she knows that yet. I think she'll, she and I will have a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. You, It's kind of like we were talking about engaging that guy at the basketball game. If you engage him from a place of anger or if you engage him from a place of, I'm going to show this guy, mm-hmm. then you're going to have a totally different response than the compassionate, mm-hmm. you know, JC doesn't know. I mean, she there are some times when she engages people beautifully. Mm-hmm. So it's not always like black and white, like she doesn't know how. There's a sense of now that you're 10, when I'm introducing you to a friend, you, that you can actually engage with them in a more mature way. And she may be like, well, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like to you? Would it feel comfortable to shake their hand? No, it wouldn't. Okay, well, what do you think would be a more mature way of talking to someone? And have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think I think my intention was good. I think the way I went about it probably wasn't the best. Yes. But I didn't think about what I was doing. I just started talking. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I just open my mouth, stuff comes out. There's, Same. There's no thought. Same. Empty. Empty. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing in there. Right. No, I didn't think it was empty, and I, and we didn't really have an argument about it. I just oh, it didn't was an argument. La- <laughs> All right, let's move on. I think, uh, yeah, we, yeah. I think we beat that one. Okay. Good. I feel like I said the same thing for over and over, tw- and over ten over minutes. So sorry, everybody. Did you get that? <laughs> All right. Really, uh, I'm going to save that one for next week. Okay. Um, but I'll give my shout out. My I have a friend named Keith who wants me to talk about something about what he said at a girl soccer practice and if it was appropriate or inappropriate. Oh, well, oh real quick, let's do it. Okay. He said to these ten year old girls, "He's the coach. Suck it up. 
you know? Okay. And his wife said that that's inappropriate. And he said it in an encouraging, positive way. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? Suck it up. What, I Suck guess it you up gotta means get... try harder. Do it. Get better. Yeah, I, I have to know the situation. And like they got, they all fell down and got hurt. And well, he maybe said, suck, suck it up. Maybe it was it was a tie game, and it was at the end of the game saying suck it up. You know, drop my pen twice in the show. I know. What does that mean? It means I'm out of control. <laughs> I got ADHD. Um, suck it up means come on. This is the climax of the game. Let's get it done. Okay. Nothing wrong with saying suck it up to a bunch of ten year old girls, is there? You know, I don't know. I I think that if same thing, I don't think is it is intention was bad but i think there's something you could say like handle it or let's do this or um you know be i was about to say be optimistic yikes see that's the difference between me as a soccer coach and how you and you have taught me wonderful things of how to better guide these girls because i'm a soccer coach too and i totally don't know what i'm doing and um i'm I try to teach aggression, and it's hard because we teach these girls to be polite all the time, and then all of a sudden they get into a soccer field. You're teaching assertiveness, not aggression. Aggressiveness. Don't call it assertiveness. You need to be aggressive in a basketball game, in a football game, in a soccer game. Aggressiveness. Okay, I I accept that. I accept that. I just, when I think about it. Aggressive means you go after it, and it's your ball and not theirs, and you go get it. Right. But just like we always talk about with football games... You have to teach aggression, not you are not going after another player, you are going after the ball. You are not going after the other team, you are going after your ability to get that goal. You're not breaking the rules, you're not cheating, you're right. not doing but you whoever's more aggressive is gonna get that ball. Right. I, I kinda like the word assertive better. I'm well, sorry. Well that's because you're a girl. Is it? I don't well it's because you're you. I shouldn't okay. blame it on all girls. Yeah. I'm gonna blame it on Because you. it's not that aggressive such an awful word. It's just that I don't know why assertive with the ball doesn't work as well as aggressive. Because there's no desperation with the word assertive. Aggressive means you go get it. Assertive sounds like it's, it's like a book report word. I don't know. Um, confidence? No. Okay. No. All right. So Bubba, uh, that's, that was his nickname so, in college. Bubba, I don't think that that's like an awful thing to say, but I think that there are better choices because the question is, do you want your girls on your team to be saying to other people, suck it up? Because if you're saying that to in them. In the confines of a soccer field, I would say no problem. Really? I don't know. Bubba, I got your back. Okay. Do you have Bubba's back? Um, or do you have Tanya's back? I don't have anyone's back. I am an island. you got to choose. I don't want to choose. I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. <laughs> tournament of bad. Ta- how often do I say I don't know how I feel about it? Rarely. I Okay, so... So we do this tournament of bad thing, okay. and there's a tie, so we need somebody to break the tie. Um, so the semifinals are socks with holes in them is one... And then the other one is complaining. Oh, no, that's not it. It's Mr. T. Where is it? It's right over here. You just missed it. Did I? Seeing friends at the grocery store multiple times. And Or Mr. T with a leaf blower at 530 in the morning. So okay. you need to help us break the tie. And then we'll have the finals later in the week. Okay. So go to our Facebook page and break the tie because it's tied between seeing friends in grocery stores multiple times and Mr. T snow blowing, at five, who's our next door neighbor, at 530 in the morning. Extraordinaire. So I don't even think I have an actual tournament pad. I just have that. Okay. Well, that's um, probably good because the show has gone on a little long. No, we're about right in Are time. we in the good time? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's about it. We All did right. a lot of stuff today. I'm looking check, at it. Check, 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 check. 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 
Um, so that's it. Okay. Well, I hope everybody has a great week. And, and I hope everybody buys Kathy's books because they're really good reads. Um, yes. Yeah, self-aware Parent 1, Self-Aware Parent 2, KathyCAdams.com. They're cheaper on my website than on Amazon. And check out my retreat. Um, also, it's really it's going to be really fun. And it's like retreating with Todd and I. That's but, right. But from the comfort of your home, not in Hawaii. Well, let's have a Zen Parenting Retreat in Hawaii in 2015. I'm in. Okay, I am too. And then um, there's one other thing I was going to say to you, but I don't remember what it was. That you love me? I do love you. I love you too. It was our anniversary on Saturday. The big one one. Mm-hmm. 11 years. Mm-hmm. In the books. In the books. Um, so I don't remember what I was going to say. So, Oh, um, presentations. You're available for presentations. Oh, yeah. Presentations uh, this spring. You've got a list of subjects on your, or this summer. On your website. Yeah, and um, we'll talk more about that next time. All right. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. Bye.